that last verse of Psalms 2 that Brother Kevin was speaking on. said, Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. That can be a pretty hard thing to do. That can be a... It's hard to it's hard to put your trust in, in people a lot of times, especially uh, especially you know people nowadays. It can be difficult, you know, deciding on if you put, if to put your trust into somebody. Um, and uh, what I have on my mind this morning has to do with uh, with something that, that that makes that difficult. That uh, can be very very hard for us sometimes to put our our trust in Christ. Um, and that is uh, and that is the the emotion of, of doubts. To have that, to have a, to have doubts in ourselves, um, <clears throat> you know. Uh, oftentimes, it is it is taught nowadays that as a child of God and as a Christian, that um, <laughs> you that there can be no doubts within you. That if there are, that that is just a sign that you know you may be a, you may be a false professor. You may not be a child of God. That, that that's outrageous. That's outrageous. Uh, there is a, there is a, there's nothing further from the truth, and uh, we're going to prove that uh, this morning uh, through the eye, through the through the eyes of the uh, of John the Baptist. I, I don't think anybody would uh, would argue the fact that John the Baptist um, was a, was not a child of God. Uh, this man was the was the forerunner of Christ. This man was uh, was prophesied about. This man uh, declared Jesus when he when he saw him. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh the sin of the world. Uh, John, uh, John greatly knew exactly who Christ was, uh, and there are many times, and there, are, you know, just as we do, you know, we know uh, we know who our Savior is. But it is, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, there are times when we have doubts come upon us. There are times when we have doubts and fears uh, that, that that come over us. And now that is a when I say doubt, I mean something totally different than you know in the sense of the Pharisees. The, in the Pharisees, you know, the Pharisees did not doubt Christ. They just wholeheartedly did not accept him for who he was. They completely rejected, even despite all the the clear evidence that was given them. Um, and Christ later tells us why. That's a whole other. That's a whole other discourse in itself. But. Uh, but doubt, but uh, to have to have doubts, that is a uh, that is very normal. That is very uh, that is very common. We should not um, make people to believe that they are you know not allowed to have doubts. That if a doubt comes upon them, that you know could be that you know you've fallen away. You know you're not really a child of God. Um, <laughs> we know that we know that uh, as the Apostle Paul states that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not even our own doubts and fears. <laughs> now, I'll be mainly this morning. Uh, in the 11th chapter of the book of Matthew, and uh, to to set the scene here, um, as I said, this is mainly this is about John the, John the Baptist. And at this time, if you read ahead into the 14th chapter of the book of Matthew, you'll find that uh, John was in prison at this time. And the 14th chapter will tell you exactly why. But he was in prison for uh, going against uh, Herod the Tetrarch. Uh, who had taken his brother's wife to be his own, which was not lawful to do, was not right to do. And John uh, explicitly called him out on it and said, it is not lawful for you to take your brother's wife. And out of anger, uh, Herod threw John into prison. 
Now, we think of, you know, prisons back then are not like prisons that we think of today. Um, you know, uh, my brother-in-law, Caleb, uh, used, to work at a, used to work at a jail, and he would often tell us, you know, stories about how, you know, they're allowed to have, you know, Internet access nowadays, you know, that, uh, that you know, uh, their family can pay for them to have a, have a, have a cell phone, uh, pay for them to have, you know, like a tablet, you know, where they can get on the Internet. Um, you know, they're allowed to have, you know, TV, three meals a day. I'm not up here advocating how great prison and jail is. Don't, don't take me for saying that. You know, we're, we're so spoiled nowadays, that's, still, that's an awful place to be. But back then, they did not have, uh, they weren't given any, you know, amenities or special treatments. You know, we have laws today is the reason that, you know, we're, we have to treat inmates a certain way. You know they're they're allowed you know they're they're allowed things while they're in while they're in prison, um, but back then it was essentially I mean a hole in the ground that they were just thrown into. Uh, they were they were not given three meals a day. Uh, sometimes they weren't given food at all. I mean it was just you know they you were you were basically just kept alive till they either released you or they put you to death or you died. That now does that sound like the most encouraging place to be in? I, I mean, and, and, and I would assume, too, that John had no, had a, you know, did not have his Bible. He did not have, did not have scriptures. It doesn't tell us that, but, but that would almost make me believe um, why we see him in this state that he's in as well. And that is that loneliness is a very dangerous thing uh, for anybody, but especially for a child of God. To be, a, to be very much alone. To be alone, uh, and, and that is when greatly that... Um, you'll find, as I have in my own life, that uh, Satan greatly loves it when we are alone, when we're uh, when we're in such a, a dark place as John was in, and that's where he thrives. That's where he that's where he can, just as in John, he can uh, he can do a lot of work there. And I just want you to think, you know, if you were in such a predicament as this, you would be greatly in need of encouragement. Uh, you would there would there was no doubt no doubt in my mind that there would be uh, you know doubts that would that could creep in. In the eleventh chapter of uh, of Matthew, now that that's just you know just just to kind of put yourselves in the position of how John is feeling and where John is at emotionally and spiritually, just to you know try to imagine how he's feeling. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? John had, John had two disciples. He still had disciples that were following him. And two of them that had come to see him. He sent them with this question. Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? It doesn't ultimately tell us exactly why John posed this question. Scripture really does not tell us exactly why John asked this, or what John's ultimate intentions were in asking this question. And I've heard many different reasons for why John would ask this question. And uh, I just mainly want to want to talk this morning just to, about a, a couple different possible reasons I think that you know John could be asking this because like I said it doesn't ultimately tell us why but I don't think that it would be you know I don't think these these two reasons are you know too far off base from what it what he could be feeling 
Because it's very much how we ourselves could also find ourselves. You know, John was not a superhero. He was a man just as any of us. Uh, very much susceptible to the same temptations, the same, uh, same emotions. Uh, John was a man. And he said, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? It sounds like John was starting to have uh, some doubts, doesn't it? Sounds like John was, uh, he was very much, he was in need of encouragement. Uh, he he was he had he had a he had doubts within him, and uh, how often you know if somebody was to come to us with doubts, would we not respond you know this way of Christ? You know Christ does not respond angrily at John. We don't see him scolding John. You don't see him calling John. You know you know how dare you? You know you you baptized me. You watched the dove come down. You heard my father speak. How dare you question and ask? Art thou he that should come? That's not what the Lord said. It's not what he said at all. I think, I think Jesus said this lovingly and out of pity towards John in the state that he was in. And he said, Jesus answered and said to them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who whosoever shall not be offended in me. That's a very interesting response that the Lord gives. That's why I think, you know, that, uh, that there's, there's many different reasons why John could have been asking this. Ultimately, I think the Lord knew exactly why, and we just know that He gave him the answer that he needed to hear. <clears throat> and, uh, and after this, you'll find where, where Jesus is just speaking so highly of John, which tells us that Jesus did not question the character of John. He knew exactly that John was a righteous man, who lived a holy life, but and I, I just I, I, it's very interesting the response that he gave John. <clears throat> but I like to and I like to think that uh, Jesus was pointing John if he was a Bible reader, which I would uh, I'd be led to, led to believe that he was. Then he would know. Then he would know the prophecies concerning Jesus Christ. I would think front to back. He would he would know those, especially even if he didn't have his Bible, he would be able to he, those uh, those miracles that the Lord that the Lord spoke to him, those specific miracles had to have meant something to John. And in the thirty fifth chapter of the book of Isaiah, <clears throat> in in this prophecy concerning Christ, it says in the fourth verse, "Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance." Even God with a recompense, He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. I like to think that it's possible maybe Jesus was bringing to, bringing to, to recollection for John uh, those scriptures. And there are many others than just that one that speak about these miracles. That were to uh, that were to encourage John in, in this in this moment where he was starting to have doubts within himself to point out John remember what is in this scripture concerning me remember what you read about me remember the things that you witnessed about me and I think those were meant uh, to bring encouragement uh, encouragement to John I mean how you know it's very it's very easy to you know not need to be encouraged whenever whenever things are good you know whenever things are good. We're good, you know. We don't, you know, we don't really. 
We don't feel we don't feel the the emotions that John was feeling. You know, when when things are good, right? You know, it's very easy whenever um, somebody else is going through tragedies and things are going wrong. It's very easy and and for us to to you know encourage them and say, you know, I know the Lord will get you through this. Uh, I'll, I'll be praying for you. I know that everything is going to be all right. You know, with with confidence, we can say that. But whenever tragedy hits close to home and 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 hits us, yeah. that is very. I mean, you know, if you've experienced it as I have, that is that is very uh, faith shaking. That that is very hard. <laughs> I don't think John. I, I, and uh, that's one of the reasons I think John John asked this question. Is that you know his faith was his face was shaken. You know he was it, it was very easy to say these things about Christ, but whenever he was suffering in affliction, that's when Satan very much attacks and starts to make us make us doubt. You know you know the word doubt just means to to be hesitant to trust. Just as that verse in Psalms says to put your trust in Christ. Whenever tragedies happen. We can be hesitant to, to trust. We can be hesitant, you know, the, to to truly uh, to truly believe. In the I find this again in the in the ninth chapter of the book of Mark, where a where a father had a had a had a son who was cursed of the, who was cursed with a with a with a with a wicked spirit with a demon that was possessing him. And. Uh, you want to talk about faith shaking? Can you imagine going through? Can you imagine going through that? <clears throat> and the father's response to this—I'll well, I, I read this—but the father's response to this is, uh, is 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 truly beautiful, I man. Because this was this was—I I believe this father was a, this was a child of God. This was a man who believed in Christ, but his faith was shaken. He needed some encouragement. He needed he needed to be strengthened. Uh, in his doubts, he had doubts within him that he needed strengthened. <clears throat> in the in Mark the ninth chapter, <clears throat> in the seventeenth verse says, and one of the multitude answered, "This is after you know, Lord, the Jesus has been has been uh, doing miracles and walking about in his ministry." And one of the m- multitude answered and said, "Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit." And where and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnashes with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and they saw and they saw him straightway. The spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it to go since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. This boy, since a child, has had this going on with him, casting him into a fire. I mean, just foaming at the mouth. Can you imagine if your son was doing that, you know, the how you would be feeling emotionally within yourself? Uh, and he and and he came uh, and as, as a loving father, he came, you know, as a father and as a man, it can be tough to ask for help. It can be very, very tough. I, I, I'm the type where I like to try to do things on my own. I don't really like to ask for help a lot of times. And uh, as men, we're we're generally like that. We like to do things on our own. We like to, you know, be able to say that I did it. And it can be very, very hard to humbly ask for help. And this father came needing help. He had gone to his disciples. They couldn't help him. 
So he came to Jesus Christ as, as where we should go. Just as John sent his disciples to Christ, that's who we should go to when we doubt, by the way, is, is Christ. In the 22nd verse, And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. He believed in Christ, but he had doubts. He was a, it, it, I mean, because this tragedy, this tragedy that had come upon him that he had experienced, that nothing was 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 fixing. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. He believed, but he needed help. He, he's like, Lord, I believe you, but. I'm I'm hesitant. This is this is a this is this is tearing me apart. You know this is a, this is this a, I, 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 it's like you know he 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 greatly you know believes that the Lord is who he is, but he is uh, but he's just not sure if anything can help his son. So he went to the Lord, which is where we should go when we have doubts. We go to the Lord. And when we and when uh, just to, and just as you know this this cry that this father had, if we have doubts, that's when we should cry to the Lord, just as he said, "Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I, I believe you. Lord, I trust in you. But I, I, my faith is shaking. You know, just as this father, you know, I need some help. Uh, uh, and that is not wrong to ask. You know, the Lord, just as John the Baptist, the Lord didn't scold him in that. The Lord didn't, uh, you know, you know, call him a. a, a, a you know, a, a heathen or a horrible person. How could you doubt me? Why would you even doubt me? Now he does kind of do that to his disciples at different times. You know, it, you know, you know why? Whenever uh, they wake him, you know, from from a storm. But it's because uh, when we experience things with Christ, that should draw us. You know, we should be, we should not doubt him whenever he has done these miraculous things in our life. Because he's done miracles in your life. If you don't believe me, I'll prove it to you in a little bit. But he's done mirac- he's done miracles in your life. And so when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. <laughs> whenever we are in, whenever we have doubts about what Christ can, uh, about Christ, <laughs> just as just as John did or as that father did, that's when we need to go to Christ. That's when, just as Brother Kevin talked about drawing nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. <laughs> whenever we have moments where we where we doubt God, Christ, and who He is. Every time, I, every time I've had that happen in my life, the Lord has proven has proven again and again and again, that He's exactly who He is. Amen. That He's that He is a, that a, that He is there to, that He is there to help us, and He is a, He is there to, to strengthen us when a, when tragedy has a way of of bringing us down. <laughs> One of the other reasons I think that maybe maybe John posed this question to Christ. Is that, and I think you know, this, this is the case of of many people. 
is that uh, it is very possible that maybe that uh, that John, while in prison, uh, misunderstood exactly what Christ was supposed to do, what Christ, uh, what Christ, or what he thought Christ should do uh, as a as the Savior, as his Savior. You know, when we when we hear John uh, preaching about Christ back in the third chapter of Matthew. Uh, he is he is very bold in this. Again, this is to show that uh, John did not did not uh, that John uh, believed Christ was exactly who he was. In, in the third chapter of Matthew, whenever uh, people had come to him uh, to be baptized of him, confessing their sins, and while he he preached and and talked about you know the Savior that was to come, uh, Jesus Christ. And the Pharisees come upon him. He, it says in the seventh verse, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able to of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid up unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Many Jews at that time believed that what John was speaking about and what the Savior was going to do was that when he came to earth, that uh, we're talked about the fan in his hand, he's going to thoroughly purge his floor, he's going to burn up all the all the chaff. Is that when Christ came, he was going to he was going to completely get rid of the the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was going to get rid of the Romans. He was going to establish uh, Israel as a, as the top dog again, as the and set up his kingdom. There were many Jews that believed that that's what, that is what Christ was going to look like. That is what Christ was going to do for them when he came there. Basically, they thought he was going to do exactly what they wanted him to do. Now, I don't know if John... I don't, I don't believe John believed that whenever he preached that. But as I said, whenever we are in such a, a dark place as he is, in a hole in the ground with nobody around us, no scriptures... You know, the, the, and nobody is immune to going through this. The Apostle Paul, whenever he was in prison, uh, he wrote to Timothy to bring him to bring him um, the parchments, to bring him a, is, to bring him a, which was what they wrote with at that time, and to bring him his books. Uh, I, I think one of the reasons Paul needed that was because he understood that if he was alone with his thoughts, it could be a scary place to be. And uh, we can sometimes start to, you know, our, our thoughts can rapidly change over time. And if John is sitting in that cell, he may start to be thinking, well, why isn't the Lord getting me out of here? I'm the forerunner of Christ. I'm the one who, uh, I'm the one who, uh, who's supposed to be Elijah coming back. I'm supposed to be, you know, uh, telling his story, preparing people for him coming. And here I am wallowing away in prison. Why is he not letting me out of here? There are many that believe that that's one of the reasons why John sent his disciples to Christ. Because he thought that, you know, that, uh, you know, why is this happening to me? You know, what, you know, uh, and how often, you know, can can we relate to that ourselves in our own life? When, uh, as I said, when we're good, we're good. But when things go wrong, we sometimes have a tendency to ask, well, "Why would this happen to me?" 
uh, you know, why why would this happen to me and not you know not so and so even? Why you know why or why is so and so doing so well and I'm not? Uh, sometimes we have a tendency when things aren't going good to just be so woe is me. You know why? You know, why Lord? Why haven't you got me through this? Why haven't you why haven't you you know gotten me out of this? And uh, and again. Jesus' answer would still be the same as he told John. As he said, you go and you show John again those things which you do hear and see. That's not why Jesus came to, that's not why Jesus came to earth. <laughs> he told that's not, that's not why I came here. I didn't come here to, uh, to, 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 tear, to tear apart Rome and to, and to establish a physical kingdom. He said, that's not why I'm here. He said, I'm here to uh, give the blind their sight, make the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, to make the deaf hear, to raise the dead up, and to preach the gospel to the poor. And that is exactly what Christ did. And He's still doing those things today. <laughs> that is exactly what the Lord is still doing. You know, we, Just as you know, that father in Mark 9, he may have also had that thought within himself. Is, you know, why is this happening to me? You know, why is my, you know, that, that may have been why he was hesitant and waited to go to the Lord. That he thought, you know, why, you know this shouldn't be happening to me. You know, oftentimes when things go bad, we are very wrong to keep ourselves from Christ. As in, as in a sense, as we're almost mad at him, angry at him, like you know that he's not doing things how we how we think. Um, <clears throat> Natalie will laugh at me, but uh, we you know we've been we've been really watching. Uh, I'll tell myself we've been really watching the Little House on the Prairie. And uh, as a kid, I did not like that show, but as I've gotten older, I, I love it. I love to watch that show. But there is, a, but there are, uh, there are several episodes or a, a couple where Charles has uh, his faith shaken, and there is one episode early on where he, uh, where he cannot believe that all of these tragedies are happening to him in his farm, and uh, he's lo- he's losing crops, and he begins to doubt God. He begins to think, you know, I'm such a good person. Why is this happening to me? And at the end of the show, he figures out he's wrong, that he had it all wrong. <laughs> and that just and just as we, we have much more, we don't want what we deserve. We, we are given much more than we truly deserve. And in the end, and in the end, he, and in the end, Charles learns that. <laughs> and, uh, and just and just as a, with ourselves, we shouldn't run from God in those moments. We should not be angry with God when bad things happen to us. That should more just as that should push us towards God. That should push us to be to to draw an eye unto God, uh, to, to, uh, for peace. In the fourth chapter of, uh, of in the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians, <clears throat> Paul in the sixth verse says, "Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding." shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Brother Kevin talked a few weeks ago on the will of God. And uh, we talked about this a little bit in our Bible study, how you know the peace that you, that you feel when you pray to God and not asking for your own will to be done, but for the Lord's will to be done. That's why, the, that's why Christ in the model prayer said, Thy will be done. It makes a difference. I think that it, I think it truly affects uh, us spiritually and how we feel whenever we humble humble ourselves to accept. You know, if 
to humble ourselves to accept that, Lord, Thy will be done. It's going to be okay with me. Because it is more than I, anything you give me is more than I deserve. And I'm telling you that it, it, there, is a peace that, there is a peace that you will feel. There's a comfort that you will feel. And I think that is a comfort that Christ was trying to give John here in prison. John, I'm not doing exactly what you want me to do, but this is what I'm sent here to do. This is my Father's will which hath sent me. And I think that that would have been peace to John. And to our, and to our Father. And, and to that father in Mark 9 who, who, needed, who needed desperately to be, to be strengthened and encouraged. Even if things weren't going to go his way, he said, Lord, the only how he said, Lord, if thou canst do anything, have mercy and compassion uh, on me. Lord, if, you know, if, if it's not what I want, that's okay, but please just have, have mercy on me. Have, show some, have some compassion on me. And I think whenever we find ourselves in that, we'll, we'll feel much better, much better. So you might, you know, as I said earlier, you know, the Lord is is still doing these things today. This was not, you know, when I say doing these things, I mean spiritually, He's doing these things, and that was one of the reasons that I believe He said this to John, is He was not only doing these miracles physically in front of people, but people were experiencing these miracles within themselves, and uh, people to this day are, are are still experiencing these. So you know, you ask, you know, well, how does it apply to me? You know, I can't, I, I can't go back and you know see these miracles. How am I supposed to be strengthened? It's because <laughs> a lot of times, whenever we're in doubts, it's because we're in, we're focusing too much on on ourselves and our own work and our own actions and on you know me, 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 me. And that's where and that's where we're at fault. But when we look to the work of Jesus Christ. Just as he said, you know, he didn't, he didn't tell John things that John had done. Remember all these things you did. He said, go and show John the things that I've done. The works that I've done. The things that I've done. I did this. I did that. <clears throat> Stop putting so much pressure on yourselves that you've got to, to do this to, to accomplish your salvation. or You've got to do this to feel at peace within yourself. And to rest in spirit in the things that Christ has done. And the things that Christ does, and things that Christ will do. <clears throat> remember how you know. Uh, remember how you know. As I said, you've experienced these miracles. You have felt these. As a child of God, you experience each and every one of these miracles in your life. And whenever you know, we feel it doubts within ourselves. Well, first, just as just as John did, and that father did, go to Christ. Go to the Lord. We we have uh, if uh, we have prayer, we can pray to the Lord. We can pray to God with our uh, just as He said in Philippians, with our prayers and supplications on things that uh, on when we're feeling you know just doubts and fears within ourselves when they creep in. Uh, go you know go to His Word, study study His Word as He pointed John to 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 scriptures to strengthen him. If you want to you know people say to, I, I heard a, a preacher make this point. I can't remember who it was, but you know he said you know. If you want to hear God audibly speak, try reading your Bible out loud. And he, He's still speaking. He's still speaking today. So if you want to audibly hear it, read it out loud. Or, or listen to somebody else read it. And then remember, just as He pointed to John, the miracles of Christ in your life. Remember how you were blind. How you were blind uh, to the things of God. And then one day, the Lord opened your eyes and you could see. 
how that you were how that you were lame and you could only walk in in, in just dark and wicked ways and then one day the Lord uh, the Lord healed you and made you able to walk made you to walk uh, in righteousness remember uh, every work of righteousness you have done uh, that that uh, that is by the Lord Amen. and that the and that the uh, and that that is an evidence uh, that you are indeed a child of God. And that wherever you find people walking in righteousness, you have encountered another child of God and rejoice that you've experienced someone else who has had a miracle. <clears throat> and how you were, a, you were a leper. You know, leprosy, uh, leprosy is, uh, I've often heard told, is, to, is, a, is a form of, to represent uh, sin and represent sin within us. You know, leprosy was a, it infected your your whole body, and it was very contagious. You know, they would they would excommunicate you from the camp for uh, for weeks on end until you were uh, pronounced clean. So remember a time when you were a leper, just filled with sin, consumed by it. You couldn't feel anything. You felt you could feel uh, no joy. You felt no peace. And one day the Lord uh, washed you, and you were clean. And you could and you could feel and you could experience uh, things again. Remember how, uh, remember how, uh, how you were deaf. How this book here was foolishness to you. How preaching was absolutely just foolishness to you as it is to the world. And then one day you heard it, and it was the most beautiful sound you ever heard. It was the most beautiful thing in, in your life, and it strengthened you, and it made and it made you feel something you'd never felt before. Remember that. Remember that's a miracle. And remember how you were, <laughs> you were dead. You, you were dead, and the Lord made you alive again. How he, how, how he saved you in the washing of regeneration, and how and how the poor today are still having the gospel preached. And any time that and the Lord is still sending preachers, which is itself another miracle. And the fact that there are people that are still under the sound of preaching and feel just so poor within themselves then you have experienced people who have had a miracle done upon them. And he said, Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. That, that, uh, you know, that word offended doesn't mean how, how we think it to mean. It means to stumble. Those who don't stumble at me. And how happy you can be to know that when you hear these things, and you hear these things about Christ, that it's not a stumbling block to you. It doesn't make you, it doesn't make you fall, but it, it lifts you up. It, it, it encourages you. Any times that you feel in, in doubts and fears, remember what the Lord has done. Amen. And that any time we encounter another child of God, you're, you're encountering another miracle. And you can rejoice in that in Christ. I thank you for your time this morning. May the Lord bless you.